You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Man, let's do some push-ups. Let's, let's run around real quick. I don't know. I'm pumped up. But man, uh, good to see you guys here today as we dive into week two of Let's Go. Um, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Exodus chapter three, and, and uh, I will be there in just a moment. But as Landon said, there are so many Exciting, incredible things going on here at FC that you can be a part of, that you can be involved in. Her night is coming up. He mentioned summer camp. Um, I, if you haven't read my, my article online about why your students should go to summer camp, I encourage you to read that at trentonstewart.com. Uh, I'm going to be there. It's going to be an incredible week. I hope, I hope, I hope you will make that a priority for your kids and, and let them experience a fun week um, as well as an opportunity to grow spiritually. Um, as well as this is Let's Go Week. I know Pastor Brandt talked about it last Sunday. He did a great job. And, and uh, this week, all throughout the week, we have a lot of different ministry projects that you can be involved in in our community, all co- kind of culminating on uh, Saturday this week, where the majority of our projects are on. And man, I just want to take a second just to share with you just how important that is uh, for the life of our church. I know that you have hobbies and you've got basketball and probably baseball and softball, whatever your kids are playing, sports on that Saturday. I know there's a lot going on, uh, but this truly is a priority for the life of our church as we show that we're just not a church that shows up on Sunday morning to, you know, warm a, a, a chair up, but we're actually a church that hears the word of God and then we go into the community and actually become the hands and feet of Jesus, loving and serving our community. And so this is just a huge way for our church to partner together uh, from all of our services combined, all of our people combined, uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus um, this week and on Saturday. So I hope you will realize just how important it is um, for our community to see us working and serving alongside of them and, and loving them in that way. This will provide opportunities for us to share the gospel during the actual event, but also in the future. I'm sure many people will come to our church as a result of this. Um, but we are, we're challenging you to be a part. I hope that you will make this a priority and join us in this experience. It's going to be a huge, huge week and weekend for us. Um, a few months ago, I asked my staff to give me some names of people that are serving in uh, their areas that are, that are connected, that are invested in our church. And so they gave me hundreds of names. It was, it was awesome to see how many people are connected. But uh, I, I wanted to form a focus group that would give me a, um, some help and some feedback in every area of our church. And so um, out of those names, you know, I just kind of randomly chose people from all walks of life, young, old, people serving in kids, people serving in other areas. But um, all of them had one thing in common, and that was they were invested uh, in the life of Foothills Church. And so we met, I gave them a survey, and I asked them to give us a grade in every area of ministry, from the preaching to the worship to kids' ministry and so forth. And uh, they gave me a lot of great feedback. We talked about the problems that we're experiencing here at FC. And so um, we talked about our growth issues and how parking is a problem, you know, and, and how um, it's just difficult to park here depending on what service you come to. Today, probably a lot of people are at the air show. It's getting ready to start. It's going to get loud, so I'll just keep going. We'll make it. Don't worry. Uh, nobody's going to fall through the ceiling, hopefully. But um, 
Parking is an issue. Kids space is a huge issue for us, especially in the second service where we've got over 300 kids here every week. And, and so uh, just providing space for them, adequate space and, and, and good space. Um, we, we've talked about how the second service especially is, is, is packed to the gills. This service usually is. And, um, and as a result, there's just that tension of having three services. And that requires a lot of volunteers and just requires a, a grind there that we have to manage. And so uh, the, the issue of wanting to reach more people, but then asking them to come to a crowded service. And so we know that once we reach 70, 75% capacity of a room, it feels full and then we, our, our growth is hindered. And so, you know, we talked about what we can do and how to resolve that problem. And so part of resolving that is just continuing in three services. But we talked about um, our Invest campaign and how you know, the issue for us is to buy the property next door and then to build an auditorium. We build an auditorium. We can go over there as adults for Sunday morning, and that opens up this room for our kids. That opens up space in this room. It opens up space in the cafe. It opens up space even on the other side of the building where they are currently. So they would have a lot of space. It creates more parking spaces here on our campus as well as the second exit onto Lamar Alexander. So it helps us in so many ways. And so... In August of 2014, we started the Invest campaign. We talked about what it meant to go all in and to invest here at FC by serving and by giving in order to accomplish God's mission. And at the end of that series, we took a one-time offering. Uh, we called it Generosity Sunday, and many of you were able to uh, donate that day and, and provide. And we were trying to raise $300,000 so we could buy the land. We came up short. We, we raised $230,000, and so we were short. Just, it's been sitting in the bank at this point. And uh, we've continued to pursue and kind of do our due diligence on the architect and creating the best building that we can. We've changed it a lot and just been working with them and our contractors to, to, to get the best building at the lowest cost. And so that's what this year has really been about and securing a loan. And we were really, really close. And then the guy we were working with at the bank left that bank to get a, go to another place. And then we kind of had to start over. So it's been frustrating and it's been you know, one of a journey that I think God is just calling us to patience and, and endurance and perseverance as we continue to pursue this. And um, by the end of the month, we will buy the land. Um, we haven't determined the actual um, closing date, but it'll be by the end of this month or the first week of May is, is what they're telling me. And so we're excited to actually uh, close on that and to move forward. And as I talked about this journey and I shared with them kind of our financial picture and Everybody was excited. Many of you um, have, have since committed to the 90-day challenge and you've been giving. And so things are all moving in, a, in, a, in, in, the, in the right way, in a great way. And so unanimously in, in that group, they all said, let's go. Let's build. Let's do this. Let's continue to push forward through this. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to gather is to get their opinions on that. And so they were all for it. And one of the guys said, you know what, we need to do a series uh, to let everybody who is new to the church have an opportunity to hear about what it means to invest, uh, have an opportunity to give to it because they haven't had a chance to give. And, and out of this group, this series, Let's Go, was formed. He actually said, let's do this series and let's call it Let's Go because we all need to gather, we all need to do this, and we all need to, need to do this together. And 
as a result, I didn't ask for any commitments at that meeting. It was just an informational meeting and feedback, but $60,000 was given so that we could kind of crest that $300,000 mark. And uh, man, it was just incredible to see God work in those ways and just more affirmation that we are moving in the right direction. And so um, the group was pumped up, and this comes out of a heart um, where, where people are, are following Christ who want to experience his presence, who want more of Jesus, who want to see the city turned upside down for the glory of God, who, who want to see other people come to know Jesus and get baptized. I mean, we truly want to see people transformed by the, by the power of the gospel here at FC, people walking closer to the Lord. And I say along with that group, FC, let's Go. I mean, seriously, I want to see teenagers give their life to Jesus. I mean, let's go. I want to see them actually being called into full-time ministry. I mean, let's go. I, I want to see prodigals returning home. Let's go. I want to see Jesus move here in a powerful and incredible way. Foothills Church, let's go. Let's experience this. Let's be faithful in this call. He's called us to gather as a community of believers, like-minded, pursuing his vision. And so why do we do it and why must we do it now? Well, ultimately, our heart is to reach more people with the gospel. And so to do that, we've got to open up space. And uh, so that requires why now? Well, if we don't do it now, then we just hinder that growth. We, we, we begin to plateau. We begin to plateau. We be- we begin to decline, and so we, we must do it now. We must move forward now so that we can be effective. And, and ultimately, as we continue to grow, then the gospel goes and, and grows with us because you know, our ultimate goal is we build that. We're not going to build another building in 10 years. I mean, that'll be it. And from there, we want to start campuses in the surrounding city cities. We want to plant churches. We know and recognize that if we're really going to make disciples, ultimately, you know, there's going to be you know, a growth here, but if we want to continue to reach people, we're going to have to plant other churches to do that. That's the most effective way to reach people in these other cities around us, and we're going to have that influence, and we're going to grow into those arenas of ministry as we continue to grow. And so I'm excited, and now I know if you're new to FC, or maybe this is your first time, you're just kind of checking out, you might be looking at your spouse now or thinking to yourself, great. We showed up at just the right time. <laughs> and they're another church asking for our money. That's all they're about. Well, you're wrong. That's not what we're about. We understand that we are here for the gospel. And as we um, surround ourselves with like-minded people and we see people coming to know Jesus and we're growing closer to him, we realize that resources are, um, will determine the size of our impact. And so um, that's part of what this is about. And and uh, as we talk through this over the next few weeks, I want to encourage you now to begin to pray about how you will invest financially. May 1st is Generosity Sunday. We want to collect a huge offering together to, again, kickstart this ministry and kickstart the advancement of, of, of building this building. And so begin to pray about that. Begin to pray about what you might give every month. Uh, as the year progresses uh, towards this campaign, as we seek to follow the Lord. And ultimately, it's a challenge to inspire us to invest. Yes, financially, but also to invest uh, yourself relationally in ministry and in, in, in allowing God to use you in this way, um, I think will be a huge blessing to you and obviously to the people in this city 
and the kingdom of God. So as we begin today, let me turn to the call of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3 begins the journey of Moses into God's call into his life. I, I think we can, we can relate to Moses and I think we can see how God called him and then, and then begin to be challenged today on how God might be calling us as well. So let's look at verse 1, chapter 3. I hope you have your Bibles. Verse 1 says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Verse 4, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Now let me just pause there. First of all, what we want to see, this is a, probably a familiar story for you, but Moses is a, a shepherd. He's minding his own business. He's, he's, he's watching over his sheep. And then he sees a bush that is on fire. But what's interesting about the bush is he, the bush is not being consumed. And the scripture says that he turned aside to see this great sight. And verse 4 says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, then he decided to speak to him. So it's interesting to note that as Moses identifies this as a unique act, he, he turns aside and he walks and, and, and views it and looks at it. Now this is important because so often we might see a miracle. We might see a work of God and turn a deaf ear to it, turn a blind eye to it. We can, you know, see or feel the presence of God in a place and yet we choose to ignore it or to overlook it or to think that it's not a big deal. I think that as, as Moses turns aside and he looks at this, then God speaks to him. I think it's easy for you and I maybe to turn a blind eye or, or, or not notice the work of God at Foothills. I think we gotta be careful about that. I think we have to recognize today that God is at work in a unique way. We have to recognize and, and we actually need to pray that God would give us the spiritual eyes and ears to hear him and to notice the work that he is doing around us, to ask one another, what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in our midst? And as we have eyes to hear, or eyes to see and ears to hear, God working in and through us and around us, we can see the burning bushes that are here as well. So he says, Moses, Moses. And he says, here I am. Verse five, then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, masters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh." that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, I imagine when Moses heard this, go to Pharaoh, the king of the world, the leader of the world. 
I want you to go to him and say, let my people go. I'm sure he was intimidated. But I, I think we can learn here at least three things that, that God is passionate about and that we can apply to our lives today and that we can begin to, to be challenged in today. The first thing that I want you to see is that God is passionate about his people. Look again at verse seven. God's passionate about his people. He says, I've surely seen the affliction of my people. He says, I've heard their cry. I know their sufferings. You see, this is the beauty of our God who loves us. He knows your afflictions. He knows your suffering. He hears them. He sees them. He listens to your cry for help. Why? Because he passionately loves you. God is passionate for his people and he, he hears us. Now listen, they've been in slavery for years. They've been praying for deliverance for years. And yet it seemed as if God wasn't listening. You see, we can experience the same thing. We're praying and begging God to change this, to do that. And it seems as if he's not listening. It seems as if he's not coming through for us. But the reality is he is waiting on his timing. His timing is often not our timing. But we must be faithful in that prayer, faithful as we suffer, faithful as we endure these afflictions, trusting that God is in control, trusting that God passionately loves us. Because we see it over and over again all throughout Scripture, our God loves us. Jesus says it like this in John 10, 16. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. What Jesus is teaching here is that there are other sheep who belong to him, but they're not yet here. So application for you and I is that there are people in Maryville right now who are going to be a follower of Jesus. God is going to save them, but they are not yet a part of the flock. They're sleeping in. They're living in misery. They're hopeless. They're hurting. They're dying. They don't have the hope and the answer of Jesus yet. But they listen to the voice of Jesus as he is wooing them even now. He's calling them. He's drawing them to himself. Where will he send them? You see, I want to be the place that God sends his people to. I want to be a place that is welcoming, be a place that teaches the word of God unapologetically, that shares the truth of God. Because I know, because of the words of Jesus, as we share his word, his sheep will listen and they will follow. So others need to be here. They will be here. But we've got to provide the space and the room and the ministries to allow that to take place here at FC. Now, some people might say, nah, we're good. Us four and no more. This little holy huddle is perfect. We, we know each other. New people make me lose my seat. They sit in my spot. I've got a spot. And they come and they sit there. And they don't know that they're in my spot, but they're in my spot. And that bugs me. And they take up parking spaces and then they're immature in their faith and they, they cause problems. And so I, I don't want any of that. I just want, you know, a small group of people where we can just do life together and, and go deeper, you know. Well, may that never be the case at Foothills Church. 
May we never have that attitude. May we always make room. May we always listen to the voice of Jesus drawing us in a closer relationship with him, which always leads us to be hands and feet in the community, sharing the gospel, opening up space for others who are a part of the flock, but they haven't been saved yet. God, send them here. May we be faithful with the people that you send. God is passionate about his people. Secondly, God's grace releases his people from bondage. Let's not forget that. It is his grace that releases us from our bondage. Look at verse 8. He says, I have come down to deliver them out of the land or out of the hand of the Egyptians. It is God who does the delivering. It is God who does the saving. It is his grace that you and I are believers today. It is nothing that we did to earn that. Nothing that we did that he said, Trent, man, that was a pretty good move. You're a pretty good guy. I'm going to show you my grace and save you. Welcome to the family of God. No, when he finds us, we are in utter despair. We are enemies of God. We hate the truth. Our heart is hardened to the truth. We don't want the light. We reject the light. But God calls us. God saves us. He finds us closed to the truth. He finds us unbalanced. He does not find us spiritually mature, great people. He finds us in our disgusting sin, hopeless, and on our way to hell. At the burning bush, Moses discovers the determination of the heart of God to accomplish a work of deliverance for his people. And you and I who know Jesus today, we've been saved by him. The, the cross of Jesus Christ allows that salvation to be accomplished. Because we know that, because we have experienced that salvation, we know God's grace. And he hasn't saved us just to enjoy that grace. He has saved us to give us a mission of sharing that same message to our family, our friends, our city, our world. And folks, there are cries of affliction, cries of suffering all over this city. People are hurting. They do not have the hope of Jesus. They do not know the gospel message. Even though they've maybe been to a church a time or two, even though they may even call themselves a Christian, they do not understand the gospel as we do. They have not experienced salvation. Their life is frustrating. Their life is a living hell. And Jesus is calling you and I to share this message with them. It is so important that we see the heart of God today. In this one story, God hears their afflictions. He hears their suffering. And he delivers them. He has a plan. He sends Moses God sent Jesus ultimately on a mission to rescue our soul. And now the Holy Spirit living inside of us is calling us to lead in the same way, sharing this gospel to this broken and lost city. Who will go? The third thing that we see here is that God calls ordinary people to lead this mission. Ordinary people to lead this mission. In verse 10, he says, come, I'll send you to Pharaoh, a normal guy. You're a shepherd. 
you know, a guy that, you know, you may not have a lot, you don't own much, but I'm going to call you on this mission. You see, if you feel like you're inadequate, you feel like you're not prepared, you feel like you're just an ordinary person, congratulations, you're the perfect fit for leading a ministry here at Foothills Church. Because God is in the business of calling us ordinary men, ordinary women, to do extraordinary things. God's work of freeing people from their bondage and then connecting people into a community of believers always requires a leader that pays attention to the call of God upon his or her life. God didn't grant Moses the vision of the burning bush just to teach him knowledge. As important as knowledge about God is, that's not the ultimate goal here. God granted Moses that vision at this burning bush in order to touch Moses with the fire of God's call upon his life. And some of you are experiencing that same touch, that same experience with God, a calling to serve him in a way that you have never called him. And it's scary and it's unusual and it's out of the comfort zone that you would normally live in. And yet he's calling you to it. We have so many people here at FC who are experiencing this call in their life. Men and women who are serving in some capacity because God has called them. They've experienced his grace and they're sharing that grace with others. Men and women, men like Michael Laws and Elizabeth Graham, Jill Wagner, who are leading our hospitality ministry faithfully every week so that this place is a welcoming, hospitable place for people to hear the gospel. Guys like Philip Georges, who leads our cafe ministry and his team of people that make sure that we have adequate food and plenty of caffeine to make sure we're ready to go on Sunday morning. But they are tirelessly serving and using their gifts in that way. All of our small group leaders faithfully opening up their doors week in and week out to serve our people, to love our people, to shepherd our people, to disciple you These are men and women and so many more who are faithful in the call that God has placed upon their life. Where has God called you to serve? Where are you investing in the life of Foothills Church? Let me remind you who we are at FC. First and foremost, the mission of God's church comes from Matthew 28. It's called the Great Commission, where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This is the mission of the church, our church and every church who claims this book as their authority. That's the mission. That's why we're here, to make disciples. Making disciples isn't just making a convert. It's not just getting people baptized. It's teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded us. That is a process, that is a journey, that is the hardest work in the world, but it's also the most rewarding work in the world. And God has called us to this mission. Now, at FC, we have a vision statement that really shows and teaches people how we specifically carry out that mission. And our vision statement is simple. It's to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. That's our heartbeat. We see Jesus developing disciples in relationship. The church is a group of people in relationship. That's how we grow. That's how we serve. That's how we move in the will of God. And so relationships are huge. 
So you've probably heard three words that we use a lot. So how do we accomplish this? We talk a little bit about it in base camp. We use these three words to, to help our small group leaders understand our discipleship strategy. But they're simply share, connect, equip. Let me walk through those for some of our new folks. First of all, we accomplish this vision by sharing the love of God. I mean, this is where it starts. We share God's word. We share the gospel. And we also share our life with people. This is how we begin to make disciples. People very often will accept your relationship before they will accept your religion. And so we want to genuinely love men and women in our community by opening up our life and sharing our life with them. That's what Let's Go Week is all about. That's why Saturday is so important because we are building relationships in our community, serving in the name of Jesus, bridging the gap from this building to the real world. Hey, we're not crazy. Hey, we're, we're actually amazing when we're doing what God's called us to do and we want you to experience the amazing truth of Jesus. This is what it means to follow him. We're serving, we're doing Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, it says, being affectionately desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. So there it is. We're called to share our own self, our own life with other people. And we're also called to share the gospel of God. This is what sharing the love of God looks like. Secondly, we connect to the people of God. Jesus says this in John 13. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is what it means to connect to other believers. We are loving them in relationship. And he says, this is how the world will know that, 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 that I have come into the world. This is how the world knows that that, that we put God on display by our unity and our love for each other. They see us in relationship. That puts God on display. And that draws people into this community to hear the gospel and to grow as followers of Jesus Christ. It is, in fact, why many of you are here today. You're not where you want to be. You're not even where you should be. But praise God, he brought you in here today to begin to experience that. It is a journey. It will not happen overnight. But as you press into him, he will grow you and grow your capacity to serve him. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Brothers, see to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now this is, this is practical right here. He says you need encouragement daily. You need encouragement from one another daily, and if you aren't receiving that, then you're opening up your heart for deceitfulness, for sin to step in, for your heart to be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is why Sunday morning is not enough for you to become all that God wants you to become. This is a great way, a first step, a great way to continue that process. But you need to be in relationships where you are encouraging other people and where that same encouragement is given to you. Encouragement by saying, this is what God's word means. This is what Jesus wants you to do. And then it's holding you accountable to that journey. And then it's encouraging you in that journey. When things aren't going well and things are, are tough in your life, those people are there to lift you up and encourage you. And then you're there for them when they're going through a difficult time. You're encouraging them and lifting them up. We need each other. He says, 
daily this encouragement needs to take place to protect us from our own sin. And then finally, we, we accomplish this vision by equipping for the mission of God. So equipping means that we're training and we're teaching people how to become a disciple maker, how to be leaders. And so our, our discipleship strategy helps that in camp two and camp three, our small group leadership development. And so all of this is, is, is helpful in equipping you for the mission of God. Hebrews thirteen twenty says this, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of of the eternal covenant. Let me just pause right there. That's a very wordy sentence. <laughs> but what he's saying is, what, what I'm about to tell you, this God, this Jesus is the shepherd of all sheep. It's through his blood that we have an eternal covenant of salvation with the creator God. It is this God of peace who brought forth Jesus from the grave. He took a dead thing, he brought it back to life. This is who is equipping us and allowing us to grow in him. Verse 21, now may the God of peace equip you, verse 21, equip you, equip you with everything, with everything, with everything that you need. That this God is equipping you with everything good so that you can do his will. God is equipping you to do everything that he is calling you to do. He's equipping you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, in his sight through Jesus. So it's through Jesus that the Spirit of God is equipping you with everything that you need to accomplish what he's called you to do. This is great news. God is not calling you to do something that he has not already equipped you to do. How many of you guys went to the air show yesterday or going today? You're about to hear it in just a minute. So it's pretty awesome, isn't it? We, um, I saw them practicing on Friday. I'd been driving my kids around to practice and basketball games, but I saw them in the air. I saw the Blue Angels. And man, when I see the Blue Angels fly like they're flying, it makes me proud to be an American. And it makes me sleep a little bit sounder at night knowing you mess with us, you're going to have to deal with that, right? They're going to rain fire down on you. You're dead before you even know they're there. You know, there's just, this is amazing to see them in action. And, you know, I, I did some research on them and read up a little bit on them. And, and it's just the, the amount of work and time and precision and training that they have gone through is unparalleled. I mean, it is unmatched. It's incredible the amount of time they have to practice. As you can only imagine, you know, as they're, you know, flying just inches away from each other in perfect precision, it's a beautiful thing to watch. What they do, though, that's interesting, is they video all of their practices, including uh, the practice they had on Friday. I don't know if you were coming home from work <clears throat> on Okoa Highway when you were driving through and the traffic was there, but uh, that's where I was at, and uh, sitting in that, but watching that was cool, and, and um, the, the cool thing is they video this, and then they go watch it, you know, after practice. It's like game film for them, and so they're watching this, and they're looking at, you know, everything that they're, all the maneuvers that they're involved in, and it's like, oh man, your wing was about a millimeter too low on that, you need to bring that up, and, you know, it was about a half an inch off, you're, you're about, you know, a half a second too slow on that, you need to speed it up, and, and so they dissect it, you know, watching film, and, and just to get better and to stay equipped to do this. Now, now listen, follow me. A lot of people feel like they need to be a blue angel pilot to serve in ministry. So it's like, ah, if I were to tell you today that, hey, um, 
Actually, in about 30 minutes, one of the pilots for the Blue Angels, um, he got sick. And, and, and here are the keys to his F-18. They need you to go and fly it. Here you go. What would you do? <clears throat> you would soil yourself first. <clears throat> and then you would say, there's no chance in the world that I'm going to be able to even start that plane, let alone try to fly it, you know. Because you're not equipped. You're, you're not trained to, to, to do anything remotely close to that. However, if I were to take my keys out to my car and throw them to you and say, hey, could you run down to Starbucks and get me a, a triple vanilla latte? You think you could do that? Seriously, I'm thirsty. Anybody? No, I'm just kidding. Of course you could. I mean, you know how to drive a car. You've been trained how to do that. You were equipped to do that. You've bought a cup of coffee before. You know how to make that happen. But listen, when you first started driving, you were scared, weren't you? You were afraid. Some of you are teaching your kids to drive right now. Remember when people were coming beside you on a small, you know, little country road in the, in, in, you know, the, the big ditches on the side. And you're like, ah, you know, it was a little nerve wracking when you started. But now you've been driving for 10, 15, 20 years. No biggie. Drive wherever you want me to drive. I'll drive to Florida if you want me to. Why? Well, because you've been trained and equipped and you've exercised that gift. Now you're, you're good with it. The same is true in ministry. God's not asking you to fly an F-18 today. He's asking you to serve in the ways that he has already equipped you to serve. Some of you are afraid and fearful to jump into ministry or to jump into a new ministry. But God has equipped you. And he has given you a capacity to serve him. With your gifts, your talents, he's designed you. As a believer, you have a spiritual gift, and this is your bowl, your capacity. This is what I can do. But as you feed yourself, as you grow closer to Jesus, as you understand his word, you grow in that, you exercise that. As you begin to exercise that ministry and those gifts, now God expands your capacity. And now you can even do more things and bigger things and greater things. But you've got to be faithful with what he's given you. You don't have to overcome all of your sin before you step into ministry, okay? News flash for you. You're never going to do that. This is not a, a, a faith of perfectionism. This is a journey of sin, repentance, confession, I'm following Jesus. And as we work that cycle, we dive into our relationship with Jesus. He releases us from the bondage of sin in our life. He enlarges our capacity to serve and to do ministry. We impact more people in the kingdom of God, therefore receiving more rewards on earth and storing up riches in heaven as we do that, preparing us for our ultimate final judgment. As we stand before God, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. At least that's the hope. I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what's distracting you. I don't know you know, what excuses you've been using. But let's go. Let's go serve this city. Let's go experience something amazing. Let's go see some miracles around us and in us. Let's, let's take a risk. Let's, let's take a, a, a chance here and trust God to do something incredible. And as we do, I think we'll see him and experience him in ways that we never dreamed possible. We recorded a couple of my friends sharing their story as far as their journey here at FC. And I'd like us to pause for a second here as we 
wrap up and, and listen to how God has used them and, and, and hear some of their encouragement this morning. Guys, let's go ahead and show that. Our first time coming to Foothills, I noticed an environment of kind of really a type of come as you are atmosphere. When we first came, like 14 people said hi to me before I could even get into the cafe. I felt so overwhelmingly loved to be a stranger. I felt like people here were, they were, they were more alive. There was more going on. The message, the preaching was just, was just completely solid. It was on point. As soon as we walked in, I felt welcome. It was the first time I'd ever felt so welcome at a church. And then as soon as we were in the sanctuary, the worship was wonderful. And then when Pastor Trent got up there and started preaching, it was like I knew immediately this is where we needed to be. I just wanted to be so a part of something where everybody wanted to help. And we want to be a part of a serving community and feel so fortunate that we have come here. We decided to invest in church because one, we knew that that was something that we were really challenged to do from a biblical standpoint, but also it was something that we saw that a lot of folks here who really were engaged and thriving in the community here, they were also were uh, investing in church as well. And we wanted to be sure that we played our part in that also. You know, I think the biggest reason we invest is because we believe in what FC is doing in the mission of the church just kind of seeing uh, some of the, the fruits of that, that uh, investment, you know, kind of transpire over the last almost two years that we've been here. That's a huge thing for us is to be able to see um, the lives that are being changed. And we want to 100% jump in and be a part of all that Foothills has. We know that we have, a, we have a faithful God, you know, the promises of God have been proven true in our lives so many times. So. Why wouldn't we give him what he asks us? He gives us so much more. If I were telling someone new to the church, um, you know, I would challenge them to just, like I said, take that step to get involved because I can pretty much guarantee that they won't regret it, you know, um, just by my own experience and by the experiences that I've seen since we've been here. I would say if you're on the fence about investing in Foothills, just jump off the fence and go for it because it will be the best thing you've ever done. God will work amazing things in your life and it can be scary and you may be thinking, I don't know how we can do it, but it's something that you just can't put a price tag on and you just got to step out in faith and go for it. are people that have invested in the life of FC and you've seen them serving and working and man I want to encourage you to do the same and so on May the 1st is Generosity Sunday the, the call and the challenge is yes to give financially but it's also to invest spiritually by serving and so there are hundreds of ways you can do that if you realize today that man you've never accepted Christ and and this is something that you need to get your relationship with him right first the care and prayer room is open. When you leave the back of this room and turn left, it's open for you. And every week, there's a prayer you need to, to pray or with somebody or uh, just need counsel in some way. They're there for you. I mean, God is doing a work here. There's a burning bush flaming in this church. Let's not miss what he's doing. Let's get on board with what he's doing. Let's experience more of it. Fiddle Church, let's go. Let's do this. Let's experience everything that God has 
has for us. Would you stand to your feet? The band is going to sing a, a song that's going to bless you and encourage you. And as they sing, let's continue to pray and seek God's will and, and seek his hand upon our life because this truly is a light that he's given us that we want to shine. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at 